0: What up, yo? It's Mark Shaniff with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Saturday, September 26th, episode number 121. We're on Twitter, at Fantasy Knockout. We're also on Instagram.com slash fantasy underscore knockout. Um, I'm excited for today's show. It's the Week 3 starch Sit Show. Who are we feeling confident about this week? Who are we worried about? We're going to talk about the starts of the week. Announcements: The hashtag Knockout Giveaway is still going on. We have until October 11th to get all your entries in for the signed Kenny Galladay jersey. Uh, also looking for accurate rankings. Have a question for the show. Go to FantasyKnockout.com for all your fantasy football needs. Thursday Night Recap So, it wasn't the high-scoring game we all thought it would be. I mean, I was excited for it, and then I realized, wait, it's Jacksonville-Miami. It's probably going to be a stinker. Well, I mean, at least Miami showed up. So, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he had a solid game. Miami was able to move the ball down the field at will. Uh, And Minshew, he struggled. Um, Granted, he didn't have his star receiver, DJ Chark, which I believe really hurt things. Um, But on the plus side, James Robinson. He looked fantastic. He was definitely the MVP of this game. Um, If you guys don't know who this is, he's the running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is a better Leonard Fournette. What we all thought Leonard Fournette could do, like what he did last year, that's James Robinson. Robinson is the Leonard Fournette, okay? So put that comp into your head. He's actually better than that. So hopefully everyone will understand Robinson's value going forward now. Everybody got to see it on a primetime game. So, if you were able to pick him up off of waivers at the beginning of the year, or even stash draft him, kudos to you. If um, if you can go get him in a trade, package trade, and or or try to acquire him as a second piece in a trade or something, maybe the uh, fantasy owner doesn't know what they quite have. They might they might now after this game, but maybe you can acquire him for the cheap. So. Some player stats to go over for the game. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he finished with 24.7 points. Uh, He had 160 yards, two touchdowns, 38 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. He was definitely the stream of the game this week. Uh, Minshew, 275 yards, which is good, but zero touchdowns, one interception, 22 rushing yards, and a fumble for 10.2 points. Not good. Uh, Miles Gaskin, 66 yards, five receptions, 29 receiving yards for 12 points. Not bad. James Robinson, the stud, 46 yards which that's a little scary, but he had two rushing touchdowns, six receptions for 83 receiving yards. There you go. 27.9 fantasy points. Uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams all had decent games. Uh, Parker finished with 9.4 points. Preston Williams finished with 7.1. They both, uh, or no, Parker had five receptions for 69 yards. Williams had the touchdown, seven yards for a t- and a touchdown. Uh, Gesicki also had a touchdown, too. He finished with eight points. Keelan Cole and Leviscus Chenault, they sucked this week. Uh, Cole had 6.3 points and Chenault 5.9. They did not step up in the absence of chart. Ugh. Let's talk some news. News with views. Running back Devontae Freeman, who's a who was a free agent, he has now signed a one-year deal worth up to three million dollars with the New York Football Giants. This muddies the waters with Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman, uh, especially after Saquon Barkley left. It's uh, kind of interesting because I know Seattle offered him what like four, wasn't it like five or six million to be the backup up there in Seattle, and he turned that down for what this. Um, I just, I don't know. I just don't like that. Uh, I don't like the signing. He might be, I don't see him getting the workload, the, uh, the bell cow workload there. I think there's just going to be a committee. They're going to sp- split it. Gallman's going to be more involved. He wasn't even active. He was a healthy scratch, uh, last week. So we, that's why Lewis got all the work and a lot of people are going to go sign Lewis. Lewis will be good. He's definitely the receiving back out of all of them. But anyways, Wide receiver Jalen Rager out of Philadelphia. He has a torn UCL in his thumb. Um, they hope he'll be back after the equals bye week, which is like 9 or 10. So he's out now. Philadelphia is really struggling with uh, pass catchers. Uh, quarterback Justin Herbert of the Chargers. He's going to get the start week three against the Panthers. And the reason he's doing that is because quarterback Tyrod Taylor uh, right before the game, the team doctor accidentally punctured Taylor's lung while trying to administer a pain-killing injection during the pregame warm-up in Week 2. Are you kidding me? Is this why all the Chargers have been are like injury-prone? This doctor just doesn't know what he's doing? I mean, I, I get it, it's like a fluke accident, but come on. Uh, running back, Tevin Coleman of the 49ers. He's been placed on IR with a knee he's expected to miss about a month. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, running back for the uh, Panthers. He's been placed on IR as well, He's dealing with the high ankle sprain. He's going to miss at least three weeks. More, It's looking like four to five. Um, and then wide receiver Sterling Shepard out of New York Giants. He's been placed on the IR with his toe injury. He's going to be out the next three weeks. Uh, look to Golden Tate to get a nice bump there. And then the last is Commissioner Roger Goodell is handing out $600,000 in fines for improper mask usage in the Monday night's football game. So I know he's dinging Gruden and and Sean Payton and and the owners and stuff like that. So Goodell really wants it to be known that they need to wear the masks and represent a good COVID perception. So speaking of COVID, there's no news. There's only one player on the COVID list, and that's still Reichwell Armstead out of Jacksonville. And we just expect him to stay there. Um, But so far, so good. Going into week three, no positive tests, anything like that. So... Good job with the NFL and uh, the COVID. The in and out. These are players that I that have question marks about. Are they going to play or not this week? And I'm going to give my take on what I think they're going to be, whether they're going to be in or out, and if they're in, what I mean, are we starting them, are we flexing them, or are we just sitting them, not dealing with it at all? So let's start with the running backs. So Cam Akers from the Rams, he's got the rib injuries. I say he's going to be out, so don't even bother. Uh, Malcolm Brown, same team, the Rams, he's got the finger injury. He had surgery on his finger, on his pinky finger. He's going to be in. He's going to play. Um, if you need a running back, because I know several teams are hurting with McCaffrey and Barkley and stuff, with all these injuries and Mostert all going down, uh, you can put him in your flex if you need to. Um Zach Moss out of Buffalo. He's got the toe issue. He's out. So Devin Singletary is going to get the full workload. So see a little bump for Singletary. Uh, James White out of uh, the Patriots. He's uh, got personal issues. I believe his father passed away, which is terrible news. Last week, so he's he's taking time to deal with that. So he's going to be out. Um, Cam I think is going to run a bunch. Sony Michelle might get a little bump. Uh, Rex Burkhead probably will see see quite a bit there too. And then Philip Lindsay in Denver. He's got the toe issue. Um, he's still out, but he was. Mark that he's practicing, so he might be coming back. So, if check your waiver wire, see if he's available on there, stash him on your IR bench or your IR spot this week, and get a week ahead of other teams. Tight ends George Kittle, San Francisco, he's got the knee injury. Um, they said he should, he was possible to suit up, but they're gonna mark him out. They just don't trust that field with all those crazy knee injuries there in, Met, in MetLife Stadium. Uh, Jack Doyle, Indianapolis, he's got the groin injury. He's a, he's a game-time decision, but I would sit him. I don't trust him. Mulally Mo, Cox showed that he's good enough to uh, fill in for him, and that's just going to muddy the water there. Darren Waller out of the Vegas Raiders, he's got the knee injury. He's going to be in. I would start him. He's looking like a stud this year. Quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco ankle. He's out. It's Nick Mullins that's going to fill in. Tyrod Taylor, we just mentioned, with the Chargers. He's got the lung injury. He's out, so Justin Herbert's going to get the start. Wide outs. All right, Michael Thomas, New Orleans, still dealing with the high ankle sprain. He's out. Kenny Galladay, uh, of the Detroit Lions, he's got the hamstring injury. He's not 100%, but he's going to be in. So go ahead and feel confident in starting him. I like the matchup. Devontae Adams out of Green Bay. He's got the hamstring injury. Uh, he's a game-time decision. I think he's going to be out. They're just going to save him. So MBS, look for uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling to get the boost there. Also, Alan Lazard. Uh, Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay, he's passed he's been dealing with the concussion he's passed the protocol he's gonna be in go ahead and start with start him with confidence julio jones this one is a little iffy uh he's with the falcons he's got the hamstring injury and it's it's lingering he's a game time decision i think he's gonna trend out um if you can i know a lot of teams when you draft julio you kind of wait on receiver again um but if you can find another option just just sit him i don't think it's worth the play this week um, looked to Russell Gage having another solid week there. AJ Brown in Tennessee. He's got the knee issue. He's out. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster, Pittsburgh. He's been battling with a knee injury all week. Hasn't practiced. Um, I didn't see anything for Friday's practice, but he hasn't practiced all week. No, no practice Wednesday, no practice Thursday. Um, I think he's going to be in and go ahead and start him. He should be able to play. No problem. But if he, but you got to monitor it, watch that. So if you got to practice in Friday, I'd play him. Um, Deontay Johnson out of Pittsburgh. He's got the toe issue. That's come up as a, a possible game time decision, but I think he's going to be in I, uh, and I'm going to start him. We'll also talk about him later on. Jerry Judy out of Denver. He's been battling with a rib injury. He's a game time decision. I'd sit him anyways. I, I just don't trust him. Uh, if you can get Noah Fant, he's he's a stud there in Denver. Jamison Crowder jets. He's got the hamstring. He's out. John Brown in Buffalo. He's got the foot issue. Um, He's he's going to be in, but uh, if you need to, you can flex him. Otherwise, I'd probably just pass. Um, I know Josh Allen's looking fantastic. Sammy Watkins out of Kansas, Kansas City. He's got that nasty concussion at the end of the uh, Chargers game last week. Uh, he's going to be out. He's going to miss. Henry Ruggs popped up. He's in the, with the Raiders. He's got the, a knee and hamstring issue. He's going to be out. He's going to miss week three. Uh, Christian Kirk out of Arizona. He's got the groin issue. He's going to be out. And then Alshon Jeffrey, Philadelphia. You've probably seen that he's returning to practice. He's still dealing with his foot injury. He's going to be out. He's not going to play this week or next week. Uh, but start looking to add him and pick him up. Um, because somebody's going to have to catch that ball there in Philly. It can't just be Zer, uh, Ertz and Goddard. So. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Main event. All right, so there's no bye weeks. It's only week 3. We'll start some bye weeks coming up. So, uh the Sunday night game is Green Bay and New Orleans. The Monday night is Kansas City Baltimore. So, if you got any guys, put those players in those games, put them in your flex um also, a friendly note, I know it's after the Thursday game, but if you have players in the Thursday game, get them out of your flex. Put them in the normal starting lineup because it gives you more options in case weird injuries happen that Friday or Saturday before Sunday. Okay, uh, Quarterbacks that I like. This is the start-sit episode, so players to put in your flex. We'll start with the quarterback. So Ryan Tannehill. Um, it felt like we're back in 2019 again, right? as Tannehill was absurdly efficient against the Jaguars, completing 18 of 24 passes for 239 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, He did it without A.J. Brown, too, which made it that much more impressive. The Vikings defense is suddenly one to pick on in fantasy, um, as they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game through two weeks. Tannehill should be considered a low-end quarterback one. And another quarterback I like to start is Ben Roethlisberger. So it seems like Roethlisberger has not missed a beat. He gets another plus matchup when the Texans come to town. Uh, Big Ben should be someone we can pencil in for like 250 yards and two touchdowns. But I don't know if he'll need to do more than that, uh, which makes him a high-end quarterback too this week with upside. Uh, quarterbacks to see it, guys, I'm just fading on. Tom Brady, after going 10 straight years with an interception rate of 2.0% or less, Brady has a 4.2% interception rate through two games with the Tampa Bay Bucks. It's the same as his touchdown rate as well, which is not good. There are clearly some kinks to be worked out here in the Bucks offense, uh, making Brady just a middling quarterback to this week. Um, my other quarterback I'm fading on is Drew Brees. You guys remember when Breeze was seriously contemplating retirement? I'm not going to say he's experiencing a Peyton Manning-like decline, but it hasn't looked good through two weeks. You know, the loss of Michael Thomas was a topper on the cake as well, as he's definitely the safety valve who's always seemed to be open and has magnet for hands. Uh, Breeze has played better at home over the course of his career, and this game has a rather high total, so we can't completely just write him off. But Breeze is more of a high-end quarterback, too, than a must-play this week. Uh, Running backs that I like, Austin Eckler from the Chargers. Eckler has been more efficient and has had two more targets than Joshua Kelly. The Panthers now allowed 33 rushing touchdowns to running backs over their last 18 games. While no other team in the league has allowed more than 19, Eckler has four carries inside the red zone, Eckler needs to be played as a sturdy high-end running back to this week. My other running back. I love this week is miles Sanders based on what we saw in week two. Sanders is 100% healthy. He played 77% of the snaps. Now a big home favorite. Can we get a breakout game from him this week? Uh, Nick Chubb and cream hunt showcased on primetime last week. We watched the chargers and the Browns both rack up at least 32 carries in this matchup, which bodies well for Sanders. If we can get anywhere close to those 35 touches per game uh, that running backs have averaged against the Bengals here, start Sanders as a running back one in this matchup. Running backs that I'm fading on, David Johnson of the Houston Texans. It was all David Johnson for the Texans in week two as he totaled all 15 opportunities. It didn't amount to much um, as he tallied just 50 scoreless yards against a stingy Baltimore defense. That matchup likely primed him for this one, as the Steelers have been the worst matchup for running backs since the start of 2019. Uh, Johnson is just a low-end running back two slash high-end running back three, who you're hoping finds the end zone, similar to what Melvin Gordon did last week. And then the other guy i fading on is Todd Gurley from Atlanta. After Gurley totaled 19 of the Falcons, 28 opportunities in week one, which is 67.9%. He totaled 21 of 34 opportunities in week two, which is 61.8%. Those are decent shares, but there is a warning sign above him. He caught just one of five targets in week one and then saw zero targets in week two. If all he's getting is early down work, he's going to be a touchdown or bust player. Targets are worth two and a half times what a carry is worth. Let me repeat that. Targets are worth two and a half times more than a carry is worth in fantasy. So we don't care much about his 21 carries that went for a measly 61 yards. Gurley has received all five of the red zone carries for the Falcons this year. He's a touchdown dependent running back to this week. Wide outs to start. DK Metcalf from the Seattle Seahawks. He currently sits at wide receiver seven. Despite being matched up with Stephen Gilmore last week, he managed to walk away with four catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. He's matchup proof until further notice. In a game they're projected for 30 plus points, there's little reason to fade Metcalf, who should be considered a low end wide receiver one slash wide receiver two this week. Another guy is Mike Evans. Um, you had to know Evans was going to get peppered with targets against the Panthers when Godman was announced out, right? What was somewhat shocking was that Evans lined up in the slot on 47% of those routes. Uh, something that's really been unheard of. Even if Brady hasn't looked great through the two games, start Evans as a borderline wide receiver one again this week. Uh, wide outs. I'm fading. Will Fuller of the Houston Texans, he was on and off the field through week two and wound up playing 37 snaps, but he didn't even have a single target. Fantasy owners have seen this all too often with Fuller. Just one week after accounting for 51% of the air yards, this happens. You need volume, so pay attention to the practice reports. If he's practicing in full, you must consider him a boomer bust wide receiver three. If he's limited through the week and questionable, he moves into that wide receiver four territory with donut zero potential. Robbie Anderson is my other wide receiver I'm kind of fading on. It appears that Matt Rule and Joe Brady had a big role planned for Anderson when they signed him to this two-year deal this offseason. It was the best thing for his production as he's tallied 15 receptions for 223 yards and a touchdown. Enough to make him the number five receiver in full PPR formats. Unfortunately, the chargers are not a defense to attack with wide receivers as they've allowed the 10th fewest points to them. He'll see Casey Hayward the most who might be a top five cornerback in the league. So pass on Anderson this week. Tight ends. I like, we're going to start Johnu Smith of the Tennessee Titans. Smith has exactly 12 air yards on the season. The ball has traveled 12 yards from the line of scrimmage to his hands on 12 targets. He's making everything happen after the catch. His 87 yards after the catch is the most among tight ends. Make no mistake about it. He's a physical specimen who creates after the catch. He's currently the number one tight end in half point PPR formats. My other guy like, and we're staying with him, Tyler Higbee. We're going with Higbee again. He has played a rock-solid 87.3% of the snaps. His vitals were good in Week 1 despite a weak stat line. Uh, the Bills' defense has been a magnet for tight end targets as they've seen 20 targets, that, which is third most, which has led them to allowing 15 receptions for 170 yards and a touchdown. This is making Higbee a rock-solid tight end one this week. All right, some tight ends that we're fading. Rob Gronkowski. It only makes sense with, since we're fading Brady. We're going to fade Gronk as well. Tampa Bay's tight end is its a timeshare, plain and simple. While Gronk has played 25 more snaps, he's only run five more routes than O.J. Howard. For the second straight game, Howard has out-targeted and out-produced Gronk. Unfortunately, this isn't a very attractive matchup. It's best to just avoid especially when we saw the floor last week in a plus matchup against the Panthers, where they combined for one catch and 11 yards combined pass on Gronk or Howard this week. And the last guy I'm fading is Austin Hooper from Cleveland. We thought Hooper would be much more involved in the game plan with David and Joku going on the RR. Uh, But four targets is not something to get excited about. Unless we see a game where the Browns are expected to throw the ball like 35 plus times, It's going to be tough to trust Hooper as anything more than a touchdown-dependent tight end, too. Starts of the week. We're going to kick it off with quarterback Cameron Newton. Uh, It's fair to say he's back, and it appears that Josh McDaniels knows how to best utilize him. The Raiders' defense has allowed just two passing touchdowns through two weeks, but the 8.07 yards per attempt they've allowed is a bit more telling. As teams have just punched it in with their running backs on the goal line, the Raiders' defense has also generated a sack on just 1.4% of opponents' dropbacks, which is not great. He's He should have a lot of time to throw in this matchup. Start him as a quarterback one with confidence. My other quarterback I love is Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. He's currently the quarterback 19 in fantasy, though missing Kenny Galladay, his number one receiver, has not been great. He's going to bounce back this week. He gets his best matchup of the year here. But oddly enough, the Cardinals defense as a whole has allowed the third fewest fantasy points per game to opponents. Crazy, right? That's likely due to the competition. As the 49ers and the Washington football team don't put up very many fantasy points. So if Galladay plays, which I strongly believe he's going to, Stafford will be a low-end quarterback one this week. Now in the same game, running back, Kenya Drake. he's um, He's my running back that I want to start this week. So Drake is the workhorse we thought he'd be in Arizona. The Lions are clearly having issues stopping the run right now as they've allowed a mass of 353 yards on 51 carries against the Packers and the bears. The 6.92 yards per carry they've allowed is the most in the NFL as it's the 441 total yards they've allowed to running backs. Drake should easily be a top 10 running back this week. Also his schedule opens up extremely well. So make that makes him a trade worthy running back. I'm going after like if I have, a Chris Carson, who's super high, who's been doing, just smashing it the, these first two weeks. i trade Carson for Drake straight up. See if you could get that. Because I think Drake going forward is going to outproduce Carson in the next few weeks. Uh, my next running back I'm really high on this week is the Chargers. Joshua Kelly. Guess who ranks sixth in the NFL in carries? Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. They both have 35 carries through two games. He has the same number of carries as fellow rookies, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor. Here's this crazy stat. Kelly totaled 23 carries in week two. Melvin Gordon didn't hit that number in any game through his last two years with the Chargers. Let that sink in. Kelly has eight carries inside the red zone, while Eckler has four. Kelly should be considered a solid flex play this week my wide receivers. I'm in love with this week. Deontay Johnson out of Pittsburgh. He's now seen 31.5% of big Ben's targets, a number that ranks second in the NFL among wide receivers. He makes them count. Racking up 14 catches for 149 yards and a touchdown through two games. So by comparison in uh, Antonio Brown's final season with the Steelers, he only saw 24.8% target share. Johnson's got 31 and a half. Is it possible that Johnson's the wide receiver to own in Pittsburgh? Not necessarily Juju. I like them both, but I think Johnson's the guy. I'd start Johnson as a wide receiver two moving forward. My other wide out I'm in love with this week is CeeDee Lamb out of Dallas. It's odd to think that none of the Cowboys receivers have scored a touchdown this year. Especially considering they've combined for 50 targets through two games. Oddly enough, the Seahawks have allowed a league-leading 731 yards to wide receivers. No other team has allowed more than 524 yards, but they have only allowed two touchdowns. This is a matchup that Lamb should be able to take advantage of, making him a decent wide receiver play this week. All right, some tight ends we're in love with. Noah Fant out of Denver. It was a quiet start to the game for Fant last week, but he made his mark on the Steelers. Once Jeff Driscoll came in and he ultimately finished with four catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. My hesitation with Fant this year was the lack of targets with so many good options, but now without Sutton or Lindsey and Judy's banged up, things have opened up a bit, allowing him to be the number four tight end through two weeks. Fant should be seeing five plus targets every single game, making him a solid tight end one. And my last tight end I like is Logan Thomas out of Washington. All you can do is chase targets at the tight end position. And Thomas is clearly getting them in this offense called by Scott Turner. He's totaled 17 targets through two games. And though they've only netted 63 yards, we must follow the targets, especially when he's about to go against a defense that allows a league-high 18 receptions for 148 yards and three touchdowns to tight ends through two games consider him a solid high end tight end 2 streamer well that's going to wrap it up for today the next show we have is the week 4 waiver wire ads want to say good luck this week I know a lot of us need it thank you for listening to the show make sure to subscribe whatever platform you're on leave a rating and review because it really helps out the show also don't forget to enter to win a signed Kenny Galladay jersey at fantasyknockout.com Hashtag knockout giveaway. All right. Till next time. See ya.